Hello, and welcome to Transforming Talent. I'm your host, Ed Crow, the talent transformation expert for organizations seeking eight-figure growth. We work with those organizations to break through revenue ceilings and realize the business growth that their companies are capable of when they get their people firing on all cylinders. We believe that every business person has a unique voice and a unique angle that makes their business successful. And those are the kinds of movers and shakers that we interview on the show. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you could be our next guest in about 30 minutes. So let's jump right in. Hello and welcome to Transforming Talent, the podcast where we talk about how today's business leaders are impacting their people in meaningful ways. I'm your host, Ed Crow, and with me today is Steve Gobel, president of Gobel Group. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. Ed, thanks for having me. Glad to see you, my friend. It's been a little while. Always enjoy conversations we have about talent development, leadership, and mm-hmm. serving others to help build them up. I'm excited to be here. And again, uh, excited to see that you started a podcast and uh, be one of your first uh, first first guests. I appreciate that. Absolutely. I would, wouldn't have it any other way, my friend. <laughs> so uh, tell our folks about you as a person, but also about Global Group and, and how you are impacting your clients. Sure. Um as I said, I'm the president of the Global Group, founding partner of the John Maxwell team, uh, which I know Ed's a part of as well. I'm glad to have Ed as a teammate on that. Uh, I provide leadership development services and training programs in Central Pennsylvania, Eastern Pennsylvania, and Northern Maryland. Um, my uh, wife is a stay-at-home mom. We homeschool our kids. And I've been very intentional about building my business over the last 10 years to keep it local simply because uh, of being a dad first. Um, and that's really where I start my day with from a standpoint of what am I going to accomplish? Um, you know, Ed, your father, you know how challenging life can be as, as a father. Um, and so I made the decision early on that I'm going to be dad first and focus on transforming the lives of my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, kids, you know, when, when I had my kids, uh, my, my daughter just turned 11, my son will be eight here in January. Um, and I'm sure Ed, as, as a dad, you heard this too, when, when your daughter was born, they grow up so fast. Uh, my philosophy has been that, you know, I can make more money in the long run, but I only have time with my kids while they're young once. Mm-hmm. So really for me, you know, I built my business uh, around how to be a dad first and transforming their lives and laying a solid foundation for them. Uh, and I take that mindset into my clients as well, because a lot of my clients are, you know, parents as well. They're small business owners like you and I are, Ed. Mm-hmm. And it just, it resonates with them from on that different level because I'm so family focused and they understand it and they respect it. Um, but it also makes it harder to find some opportunities sometimes. And I know I'm limiting myself, but you know, I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, Steve, when I, I think about, and that's why you and I are such kindred spirits because <laughs> uh, you know, when I started my business, it was, it was very much the same where, you know, I, I left mm-hmm. corporate America because I had two young children and, uh, didn't want the 45, 50 plus hour work weeks and, and wanted to coach their sports teams and go mm-hmm. to their school plays and all of those those cool things. Uh, because, you know, that, 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 that's how I view my, my worth in this world, right, is, is through the lens of that I do right by my children. And, and, and I think um, we're starting to see that. And I think we're starting to see that yeah. a lot in today's society mm-hmm. with that transition. People are realizing, you know what? I, I, I could serve my family better or I can focus on things 
and the money will come. And you're seeing a lot of people in, you know, go out and be entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and try new things. And a lot of companies are, are making that adjustment. And that's where I, I, I'm, I'm excited about our future as independent operators, so to speak, yeah. and in the talent development world, because not only we can serve our clients well to help them keep their people, we can also kind of, you know, educate uh, these, these free-spirited individuals like us mm -hmm. and encourage them along the way as well. Well, you made an interesting point there. Um, so, so tell me about how you make that connection with the leaders that you work with and how you determine if they're the right fit for you when you're trying to transform their leadership skills. Uh, everything starts with a conversation. Uh, there's a lot of technology out there and technology is good. It's beneficial. I, you know, I'm not anti-technology, mm -hmm. but reality is despite the advances in technology, Business is still done people to people. Absolutely. And there has to be that relationship built first. Um, some people pick up on it very quickly. You and I, Ed, when we first met, we hit it off very quickly, very well, uh, and have continued that relationship. But sometimes it, it can be a little challenging for others. Mm -hmm. So working with them starts with a conversation, trying to figure out what their needs are, what the root of the problem is. A, a, a lot of times, um, you know, some you know, the, the people want to address the superficial challenges and not get to the root. Mm -hmm. But if you don't get to the root of the challenges, you're going to have much less transformation capabilities in serving those clients well. So it, it all starts with the conversation, mm -hmm. being present, being out there, um, and then, you know, follow up. Follow up is something that uh, I, I got to get better at, you know, in, in a lot of ways. There's no yeah. doubt about it. But it, it's just taking that next step because most people just want to stay in that superficial level. Right. But digging deeper increases your ability to transform not only their life, but your life as well and working with them. So, so tell me, what do you find once you get beyond the superficial things that are holding your clients back? Is there a common theme in the internal things that's keeping them from transforming as leaders? Fear. Mm. Um, fear and doubt and the imposter syndrome, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm, I've experienced it on occasion as well. It's, mm -hmm. it's something that, um, you know, er, early on in the John Maxwell team, Ed DeCosta, one of the, one of the original mentors, uh, introduced me to the idea of the inner critic mm -hmm. and uh, the, the inner critic is, is, is that, that little voice we all have in our heads and Ed reframed it. So we had to become inner critic assassins. Ah, and when we become <laughs> inner critic assassins for ourselves, we're able to do that, help others do that as well, and help transform them. But we have to become, we have to be inner critic assassins on a daily basis. It's not a one and done thing. You don't do it once and you're magically all done. Right. No, it's, it's a constant thing. And working with clients to help them, remind them of that aspect. That, hey, just because yesterday was a great day doesn't mean, you know, the proverbial challenge is not going to hit the fan today that's right <laughs> uh, and, and and that happens in small business all the time and yeah. i love working with small businesses um just because I, I see a greater impact there mm -hmm. versus you know I, I do have larger clients i you know my, my clients run across the gamut but you see a greater transformation on an individual basis working with these small clients because they're able to recognize when they need to be an inner critic assassin okay deal with the challenge deal with the issue acknowledge it and then let it go yep. and move on and, and that's the, the biggest challenge I see and the greatest opportunity to transform others and support them on their journeys 
is to help them become inner critic assassins. Yeah. You know, one of the, 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 inter the interesting things that I've heard over the years about imposter syndrome that has really stuck with me because, you know, I, I think, as you said, anyone who's in a, in a position to impact others has probably felt that if they're really being mm -hmm. honest with themselves, they probably felt that at, at one Absolutely. point or another, right? And, you know, I remember, and I don't know if I read this or, or it was an aha moment, but the reality is you can only have imposter syndrome if you're successful, right? I mean, <laughs> if you're not successful, you've got nothing to be impostering about. So, you know, it, it's one of those strange things that, that many of us as leaders and those who have responsibility for, say, the people in our organizations carry with us that it is a falsehood and right. i love the fact of yeah we, we've got to assassinate that little guy that i, I call him my gremlin right that okay yeah on my shoulder sometimes uh, yeah. whispering the garbage in our ears and you know if we can't be our best selves as leaders then we can't be fully present for our people and, yeah, and those and, are and yeah go ahead please it, it, it it's something we have to continue doing on a regular basis just because you know uh there's a quote i'm going to botch the quote a little bit but Jim Rohn, I know you're familiar with Jim Rohn from the yep. old, you know, he, he's an OG in the professional mm -hmm. development world. Yep. Uh, we take a bath more than once a day because we or more than once once in our time because we get dirty every day. Mm -hmm. So you don't just take a bath once. You got to take a bath, keep clean, keep focused. Yep. And the same is true with our inner critic. We have to be that assassin every day and overcome that fear um, and the challenges because the leadership demands it. Yep. And, and leadership is something that, you know, first of all, everybody has a different definition of leadership. You know, you ask 10 people, there can be a different definition. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, our, one of our mentors, you know, we, we're both as John Maxwell team members, uh, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Nothing That's something less. John says. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but it's also about accepting the challenges and tackling them head on. And there is a lack of individuals in today's society who want to be leaders. It's easier for them to sit on the sidelines and chirp about the bad leaders mm -hmm. than get in the game and engage with the challenges and opportunities that leadership provides. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where you know, another area where we both transform our clients and encouraging them to build their own leadership so that they can get, you know, stay in the game longer and win the game. Right. Now, now when you, have that first conversation with a prospective client, what makes them finally admit that if, it, if it's them personally or it's, it's the leader of the organization coming saying, hey, I need your help with my team. What, what's the pain point there? Is there a common one? Um, usually communication. Um, it's, it's, you know, there, there's, there's an exercise that I do with, with, with individuals, with teams and whatnot. You know, give them a piece of paper, a blank piece of paper, have them close their eyes, and then give them a series of instructions about the paper. Yep. And because their eyes are closed, every time, you know, they open their eyes at the end of the exercise, the paper looks different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yet we all heard the same level of instructions. Yep. So recognizing and understanding how we communicate is often one of the one of the common denominators um, that I see with clients who have challenges with leadership. Because if you don't know how to communicate with your team, you're not going to get the results you want. Um, bless you, sir. Thank you. So it's important to understand how valuable and how important communication is 
from an effective leadership standpoint. Uh, and look at the you know society and the media today. You know, half of media is 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 telling the other half that you're lying. They're they're, they're lying back and forth. Who do you trust? Mm-hmm. And it's just you know it's it's a challenging environment for individuals, both professionally and personally. Mm-hmm. And you know that that common denominator is usually communication, yeah. or lack of. Yeah, very true, very true. Um, it's it's interesting. Um, I'm I'm working with a client right now, and one of their biggest challenges is communication. Yeah, and. Um, the, the owner came to me because he said, Ed, you know, I, I can't, I can't keep pulling the weight for this organization. You know, <laughs> I, why can't I get my team to do anything? And we, we've had to look at, yeah, the, the team has needed some help and we've been working with that, mm-hmm. but the president has some communication issues and mm-hmm. some professional presence challenges that we've been working through as well. And, and uh, so I think it's important for us as leaders to recognize that it's not just about the team, um, that it could be about us as well. And that, that old concept of leading yourself well first. And, and, or, and another point is about that. The only person we can change is the person we look at in the mirror every day. Mm-hmm. No matter how hard we want to, we can't change our spouses, our kids, our coworkers, our staff, or whatever it is. Yeah. We can influence them and encourage them. Yeah. But change has to start with the person you look at in the mirror every day. And, and, and that is something that, you know, clients sometimes don't want to hear that either, no. but that's the reality, you know, and that, that's our job. If we're really working to transform their businesses and their lives, we have to tell them the uncomfortable truths sometimes. And that's one of them. Yeah. So, so share with the listeners a really cool success story that you've had. Um, a really cool success story. Well, my very first client, now, I've been doing this for 10 years, mm-hmm. um, you know, full time. My very first client, uh, year four, he fired me. <laughs> um, so, and well, why is that a success story? Well, first of all, we're still very good friends to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and he still, you know, because we're still friends, we still talk about the impact. And some of the stuff that I shared early on in my career, mm-hmm. he wasn't ready to hear. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's why... You know the relationship. You know, ended it ended on you know amicable terms, obviously. Um, but we get together for uh, you know dinner, or drinks on on occasion, a few times a year, mm-hmm. and he still talks about the impact that I had, even though I'm no longer you know he's no longer a paying client. Mm-hmm. And yes, I'd love to have him back as a paying client. That would be awesome. Right. But at the same time, the friendship is more valuable to me mm-hmm. now than the the, the 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 dollars associated with the the, the client aspect. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really proud of that fact that even when I was starting out with the training and the certifications and all that stuff, I was still having an impact that is lasting as long as it has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's still, you know, we, we still talk uh, some, you know, unofficial stuff. I actually just did a, a crazy road trip with him a few weeks ago. Okay. Uh, you know, we, we drove from uh, here in Pennsylvania to Utah in 47 wow. hours. Ooh. <laughs> um, it was a blast. It was a blast. He, 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 he's a, he's a big hunter and, um, he, he won an elk license in Utah. Okay. But you know, he needed somebody to drive out with him to keep, keep him awake. I'm like, yeah, I'm game for it. Whatever. Yeah, we'll go. Yeah. So he, you know, we drove from, uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where we, we both live to, uh, Salt Lake city, Utah airport in 47 hours. Hmm. I jumped on a plane and flew home. He went okay. for a week and got a massive <laughs> out. So again, you know, it, you know, as my first client, um, you know, served him well for four years. 
uh, and then we, 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 we remained friends and his business has grown and he's still applying some of the things I shared. So it's, 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 that's what I think really coaching is about when helping to transform. Yes. Again, I, it'd be, it'd be nice to have the dollars associated with it from a client standpoint, but at the same time, if I'm honest about what I said earlier, you know, business is still about people to people. I, I, I gotta be okay with that. And right. I am right. Cause yeah, you know, it's, it's all about relationships, obviously. I mean, we've heard that we know that um, <laughs> it's all about our ability to uh, develop and maintain those relationships. And, yeah. you know, when I was thinking about uh, the, the podcast today and, and spending time with you, you know, we met through the John Maxwell certification. Yeah. I think we had been connected prior by someone, but had never actually met up, uh, which yeah, is well, so, so <laughs> common in today's world, right? <laughs> we, we, we were connected on LinkedIn probably for a good year and a half Yeah. before we even got together. And then it wasn't until we, we actually, you know, we, we both live in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Yep. We met for the first time in person in Florida. In Florida, yep. <laughs> so, at John Master's yeah. stuff. 21st so, century stuff, right? <laughs> so, you know, I, when, when I went through the, the certification, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was at a point in my career where I realized that I'm preaching to my clients about continuous improvement and, and how we, we work to become better leaders and better teammates and, and build better businesses. And I realized that I was at a point where I hadn't done anything for me in several years. It hadn't really worked. I mean, I'm a reader like you are. And, and so I read my share of business books and things. And there, there's something to be said for that. But I really hadn't done any new learning. And that, that's what pulled me into the John Maxwell certification. And, and it's been a, a great ride for me in terms of boosting the speaking side of, of my business. And I know it has formed your, your coaching side of your business. Mm-hmm. So what, what drew you as one of the inaugural players in the certification uh, to do that? Um, the fall of 2010, my daughter was 12 days old mm-hmm. and I lost my job. Okay. Uh, this was the tail end of the recession. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were supposedly out of the recession back in you know 2010. Yep. A lot of small businesses didn't feel it that way. Right. Um, my daughter was 12 days old and I lost my job mm-hmm. and my wife and I committed to being, you know, her to be a stay at home mom and doing everything off of one income. And we budgeted off of one income. So we were prepared from that aspect, but we weren't prepared to have no income at the time. Right. <laughs> so, um, and then the opportunity to partner with John popped up in February of 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the last six weeks of 2010, I, you know, I licked my wounds. I, 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 I was, you know, I, I, I my pride was hurt. Yep. I licked my wounds, but I'm like, you know what? It's Thanksgiving, Christmas. People aren't hiring right now. Um, my wife's an artist. We were shutting down an art business that she had. Uh, she had a few projects. I spent the next six weeks just being dad and supporting my wife how I could. And again, licking my wounds a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first six weeks of 2011, I put resume out, talked with people, and had some potential opportunities pop up. Nothing super serious, but all the opportunities I was seeing were down in the Philadelphia area. And with the newborn baby, I did not want to be commuting right, right. 60 to 90 minutes one way every day. Right. Um, and that's when the opportunity to partner with John popped up. And I always knew I wanted to be my own boss in some capacity. Mm-hmm. I didn't know when or how. And I, I saw, you know, if I didn't take the opportunity now, would it be available later? Now, obviously, I knew the opportunity for John would be available later. But would I be in a position with nothing to lose? Sure. Uh, so that, that's how I got involved. 
uh, you know, a big, big reader like you are is always reading books and trying to get better. Um, but just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a person of faith and I just, this is how the cards got played mm-hmm. and you gotta, you gotta play the cards you're dealt, not the cards you wish you had. Yep. And at the time I played the cards I was dealt and, uh, it's, it's 10, 10 plus years later now, life is good. Business is growing. You know, we all had, we all had a setback for, for COVID, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, getting back on track and reorganizing and doing some pivots because you have to pivot through life sometimes. Right. Uh, but that's how, you know, I'm, 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 I've always been a big believer in professional development and self-growth. Mm-hmm. You have to walk the talk. Yep. And Absolutely. that's what, uh, that's what uh, we're doing together with the John Maxwell team is walking the talk to serve, uh, to serve our clients better. Yeah. I, I love your comment about you, know, you're, you, you, you had nothing left to lose, right? Like, hey, why don't I, I give this a shot because uh, of the situation that, that life had mm-hmm. presented you with. And I know sometimes when, when I talk with leaders and we get to a point where we've discussed a solution and I'll get the, well, I don't know if I want to do that. And, and oftentimes <laughs> my response is, what do you have to lose? Mm-hmm. things aren't working as they, you want them to now. Yeah. Um, I, I have a, a client right now that, that I coach that is, um, he's got an employee, a senior level employee who, who really has him in a stranglehold because of the knowledge that she holds inside the business and refuses to give up. Ooh, that's and, harsh. You know, so we've been exploring solutions for him. And he keeps coming back to, well, I can't let her go. I can't let her go, even though she's a cancer in the workplace, because if I do, things are going to blow up. And so we're at this stage where I've challenged him by our next meeting to say, okay, well, what if she got hit by the beer truck? Right. I mean, <laughs> something could happen to this woman. Yeah. And, and you've allowed your business. And, and this is a, not a small business to be hamstrung because of this person's knowledge of some of the systems mm-hmm. and, and the financials. And, you know, I will be curious uh, the week after Thanksgiving, when we get together again, what he's going to come back with. Mm-hmm. And so I think it circles back around to the fear that you mentioned you see in a lot of your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, I think uh, you think of that, that old saying, the devil you know is better than the one you don't know. Yeah, yeah. And, and I really feel like he thinks he's better off not making a decision and just leaving things the way they are and living with it, then severing the ties that need to be severed and licking those wounds, as you put it, right, <laughs> to, to, to move forward. Yeah. And so what's your advice to listeners who are facing those kinds of tough decisions and maybe are fearful of either making the wrong decision or if even if they know it's the right decision, they're scared to make it? Uh, well, two things. First, indecision is the worst option always. Absolutely. It, it, and it is a choice, right? It, it is a choice. Absolutely. Not to decide, you, I'm an old, I'm an old take... Rush fan, right? If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. <laughs> yes. You know, and it's, it's, it's often the worst decision because if you've recognized the problem and you've talked about the problem, more than likely your team knows about the problem and they see you not addressing the problem because of your indecision. So that diminishes your capabilities as a leader, short-term and long-term, if it's a behavior that continues. So indecision is the worst decision, you know, because it is a decision. It's, it's, it's the worst thing you can do. Um, and 
you know, I, maybe you've heard of the acrostic for fear. False share expectations. With the, share with the, the listeners. Yeah. yeah. False expectations appearing real. Yep. Okay. Now, there, there's there's another one as well. Um, but the, the false expectations appearing as real is, is something that, you know, we all had that fear, you know, in us somehow. We have to overcome that fear. And in certain situations, we have to take a step back so we can go forward. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like in this situation, there's clearly going to be at least a step back, maybe two back, mm-hmm. because of the, the the knowledge that this individual holds. But until you decide to take action to address that challenge, that challenge is just going to ferment and, and, and become, you know, metastasize and continue to affect the organization in a negative way. So you got, you know, the indecision is terrible, but you got to get over that fear because none of us are perfect. We've all made bad decisions. We're all going to make bad decisions in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we want to be smart about the decisions we make and do our best due diligence and planning and prep work. But ultimately we have to decide to take action. Yeah. You know, one thing I share with my clients is that ideas are useless. Ideas only become valuable when they're executed. Yeah, it's true. So you have all these ideas. Well, what are you doing with them? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, then don't be mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have all these ideas. Go do something with them. Yep. Are they going to yep. be, per- I mean, you know, you and I, you, you asked for a success story uh, and I shared about, you know, the, my first client, you know, let's talk about failure, mm-hmm. right? We've, we've all experienced failure and what is, you know, we, we have young kids in school. Mm-hmm. What is the grade kids are most afraid to get? And F, because the education system teaches them to be afraid of failure. Failure, yep. And that I see that a lot in today, mm-hmm. where you know individuals, professional, you know, young individuals, millennials, Zs, whatever, they're afraid to make mistakes. Yet the mistakes that we make are often our best learning experiences. Absolutely. Now, obviously, we don't want doctors or nurses making mistakes. <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't want engineers building our bridges. Mistake, right? <laughs> You know, so, you know, be aware of, of, you know, we're talking to the business community more, but the reality is most of us don't have jobs or professions where mistakes will turn deadly. Yep. So we have to be comfortable and willing to take some risks. It's true. Uh, and get over that fear, get over the imposter syndrome, become that inner critic assassin and, and keep pushing forward, but not making a decision is the worst possible outcome you can choose. Because it is a decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Steve, we, we, we are up against our, our 30 minute mark and you and I could probably oh my go goodness. for another 30, 40, <laughs> 60 minutes or more. We um, could, we could easily, so, man. <laughs> so, you know, please t- tell our listeners uh, where they can go to find out more about you and how you help your clients transform. Sure. Uh, my, the, my website is thegobelgroup.com and that's G-O-B-L-E group or the globalgroup.com g-o-b-l-e is how you spell my name um it's right around thanksgiving time where we're recording it's only one b in my name i get gobble every year um <laughs> but it's only one b it's g-o-b-l-e uh, group.com um but also uh like you i have a podcast uh it's called a dram of leadership podcast it's something i started with a buddy of mine uh about a year ago now we uh he's the vice president of uh education development for a, a, a bank here in central pa We've been good friends for a number of years. We review books, uh, business books, while we're enjoying, you know, a, a nice beverage, either a pint or a dram or something that we enjoy. 
Um, and we started it because we both love reading books, but we started it, you know, right in the middle of COVID because all these small businesses, restaurant wise, um, you know, struggling. Mm-hmm. So we like, you know, hey, we both love to read. Let's go talk about it. Support these local small businesses. Um, so that's where we, we record them live in a restaurant, which is awesome. Nice. I think it's all, it's a ton of fun. Yeah. Um, so that's something I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of. So a Dram of Leadership podcast, we're on Apple Music, Spotify, yeah. and my website is thegobelgroup.com. Excellent. Steve, thank you so much for uh, being one of my first guests uh, on the podcast. As you mentioned, uh, I wouldn't. I'm honored, my friend. And, um, you know, as I was thinking about who's going to be uh, my initial guests, uh, obviously you were right up there at the, the top of the list. And, and like I expected, you responded in a heartbeat. So I thank you for that. Well, hey, I'm, I always enjoy supporting, you know, friends, especially, but that's what we do. We, we serve people, especially friends. And I appreciate the opportunity to, to come and share and hope it was a, a valuable experience for your listeners. Oh, I, I know it was. So to our listeners out there, thank you so much for spending a little bit of your day with Steve and I today. I know you took away some tidbits because every time I talk with Steve, I take away some tidbits. <laughs> and remember, we are all responsible for transforming the talent in our businesses. We'll talk to you again soon. Hey, Ed Crow here. Thank you so much for listening to today's segment of Transforming Talent. If you're a business owner or executive of a business that's on a revenue freight train that you're not sure how to control, or maybe you're butting up against a revenue ceiling that you don't know how to break through, we'd love to have you on this program. Please visit my website at edcrow.com slash speaking slash podcast to apply. Now, for our listeners out there, if you got something out of this interview and you'd love to share it on social media, please go ahead and do so. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone, text it to a friend, and post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag TransformingTalent. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to my website, edcrow.com, where you can follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next time.